You are now listening to the Build a Brain podcast with Dr. Jeannie Zayer. Join the quest to shape an efficient brain that fires on all cylinders and runs like a fine-tuned machine. You are now in the capable hands of an international presenter and a pathologically optimistic brain builder. Dr. Zaire will give you the right blocks to build that three pounds of cerebral muscle for you, your child, or the young adult you teach or mentor. Block by block, thought by thought, now is the time to build a better brain. Let's get started. Welcome, friends, to episode 27 of Build a Brain Podcast. I'm Dr. Jeannie Zare with my wonderful guru, audio engineer named Kibway Cooper, and he is going to help me pull this one off. We are getting close to the end, friends. It's just hard to believe we're, we're, we have all these episodes. It, I'm just so excited and very excited about the good com- comments and feedback I'm getting from around the world. So thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends because it is for anyone. Of course, it was birthed out of the Feuerstein program, Professor Reuben Feuerstein and the Feuerstein Institute who that still operates today in Israel. And I work with them closely. I'm in close communication with them almost on a weekly basis. And so they have a wonderful footprint all over the world. I don't know, Kibway, did I ever tell you Feuerstein is in about 40 countries? I did not know that. I know, just this week, let me think if I can name the countries that I've talked to someone by Zoom or in person just in the last like two or three days. Uh, British Virgin Islands, uh, South Africa, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, Israel, uh, Canada, uh, states in the United States like Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, Kentucky, um, Georgia. And that's just this week that I've had contact with somebody from those states or that those countries. So fun so fun to be a part of something that is a global movement and so glad that you're on this journey with me that we could share this incredible information and today's podcast is such an important one i wish i could i could get across to our listeners how incredibly important this one is It looks simple at first, but it is deep and wide. It's called category labels or forming categories and applying a label. So it goes like this. If I would say these words, Kibwe, you give me one word to sum up all these words, okay? Here's the list. Table, chair, bed, lamp bookcase, shelf, coffee table. What's one word that would categorize all of those? Furniture. You got it. So when you go to a furniture store, you're looking for this big superordinate concept. That's a big Reuben word, furniture. But yet, you know, you're going to find all those things in that store. So we used to go to individual stores. This is before the Walmart phenomenon. (laughs) We would go to a hardware store to buy hammers and saws and nails and screws and tools. 
We would go to a grocery store just to buy food. So all of the little objects that go in those stores are the things that go in that category. Well, if you can think at the category level of hardware, furniture, grocery, uh, mall, uh, restaurants, you're thinking up at this big category levels and you're not getting down in all the little details. You're going to be a more efficient thinker. You're going to be a more efficient thinker if you don't get down into the little bitty details? Mm-hmm. Because I can really? think of big ideas and I don't get lost in the weeds. So I don't have to count to 10 every time I think of 10. I know what 10 means. 10 means my thing, all my fingers or 10 teddy bears. But I don't have to think about all of, I don't have to get my fingers out and count every time. I can think of the big category of 10. That is really, really very cool. Um, it I is, always isn't it? thought that, you know, I'm a big thinker, but I never yes, knew that that was um, a good thing. A, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew that, you know, it's great to have good ideas and things, which yeah. is great, you know, but I didn't yeah. realize that being a big thinker made you a more efficient thinker. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I always. Um, I always envy people, not envy, I just think it's cool when people yeah. have so many details they keep in their head. Yeah. But yeah. I do notice that a lot of those people who keep so many details really can't think big on a conceptual level. There you go. There you You just said it. To think on a conceptual level starts with a three-year-old where you say red, blue, pink green, yellow, purple, orange. What's one word for all of those things? And if your three-year-old can say color, they are now thinking at a conceptual level. Mm, that's so good. Isn't that great? Yes. Yeah. So good. So teach concepts. So the conceptual words like it's okay if a child can name a hexagon and a triangle and a square and a circle, but do they know that all of those fall under the category of shapes? Yeah. So I can think of shapes and numbers and colors, but I don't have to think of 55 different individual things. I know what goes in each category. And so I've moved up to that conceptual level. Isn't that cool? That is very, very cool. And it's very <sighs> affirming, I think. We obsess over details, which I believe details are important. But I also believe that, you know, at least in my case, I think it is so valuable to be able to see things before they occur or mm. to be able to, to see an opportunity out of mm -hmm. thin air. You know, even mm -hmm. when it comes to like music or art, you know, their ability to hear or see things before they even take physical form, it makes life so much more rich, you know. Beautiful. Because, yeah. Yes. Keep going. Um, I went to I went to San Francisco um, in December and I was walking across the bridge, the, the big Golden State Bridge. Wow. With, cool. my, with a buddy of mine. Huge yeah. bridge. And I told him, 
this was just an idea that someone had. And then they talked to some other people and yeah. then they got some people together to make it make sense, put some money behind it. And then they got engineers to figure out, well, if we're going to actually pay for this, then it has to be safe. And then, you know, but all that stuff happened, but it just yeah. started with an idea mm-hmm. that maybe none of the people involved even had before. And that's mm-hmm. why I think, you know, being a conceptual thinker, being a big thinker is so important. Mm-hmm. But I've never heard anyone say that actually makes you more smart or or uh, gives you a, a different skill set than other people mm-hmm. that is hugely significant. I always thought it was mm-hmm. the opposite. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, the details, like you just said, are incredibly important, but if there was no big idea of a Golden Gate Bridge, then there would be no need for someone to put all the details in. So first, you can think either way. So that's inductive reasoning versus deductive reasoning. So inductively, you start with little details and figure out, now how can I put them into categories and apply a label? Deductive, you start with a big idea and go, now what other details can fit in to the big idea? And both directions are great ways to use logic. You can go either direction, but there's no need for details without the big idea to begin with. So I kind of like the big picture and think about, because you're a musician as well. So think about genres of music. Mm -hmm. Think how efficient it is that you could probably, so rattle off some genres of music that you've been involved in. Um, blues, R&B, um, hip hop, um, ooh, pop, choral music, classical music, um, Broadway, musical theater, theater. um, I'm up to seven gospel, eight. Okay. There's eight genres of music. Did you have to name 250 songs? No. You named genres. And see how efficient that was? Yeah. I now know that you you could sing or work in eight different, probably with hundreds, thousands of songs, but we didn't have to name all those songs. Right. We named eight genres. Wow. Woo-hoo-hoo. So how do we get kids to think, or kids or mediators, you know, yeah. to facilitate thinking that way? So glad you asked. Let me pull out my (laughs) questions. So you could ask a question like, what is one thing all of these things have in common? So could you imagine singing one line of five different songs and asking what's in common there? And could the music student you're teaching go, well, they have the same kind of flow or the same kind of rhythm or the the same kind of, I don't know, I don't know enough music terms, but you would. But if the kid could name it, they would be moving up to being able to now apply a label. So first, they, you have to see how things have something in common. So remember, I asked that question back when we were, let's see, what cognitive function were we on when I was talking about similarities and differences? Mm-hmm. Remember that one? I think yeah. it was on using two or more sources. Yeah. That was episode 23. Using two or more sources. Mm-hmm. 
also related to episode number seven, which was comparing, is when I can seek out similarities and differences. For the similarities is how we make a category. So if I've got 10 things and six of them have a lot that's similar and four of them are very different, I can now make two categories. So maybe one category is rhythm and blues and the other one is musical theater. If we're talking things that songs, you know, or music has in common. You could also ask a child, do they have a category label for all these things? So that's inductive reasoning. You could line up uh, pictures of a hexagon, uh, an oval, a square, a triangle, and ask the child, do you have a name for what we call all of these? And if they have the word shape, they can think at the category level. Um, what category do these things belong to would be another mm. example. And then another one that I like is why should we care how mm. we organize things? Why should we care that we organize things and put them in categories? I like to give the example of when you're in the grocery store and you got your six and seven year old going nuts going, mom, can I have this? Can I have that? Are we done yet? <laughs> I want to go home. Okay. So give them something to think about. So you're in the canned goods aisle. Okay. And you ask your child, Hey, remember we said we were going to pick up a cantaloupe. Can we get the cantaloupe in this aisle? You should have a kid looking around going, well, no, mom, there's not going to be cantaloupe here. And if they can recognize this is not the right aisle for cantaloupe, then they're getting an idea of how a grocery store is organized. So have you ever been to your favorite grocery store, Kibway, and they moved some of the aisles around? Has that happened to you? Yes. Yes. And how, how'd you feel about that? disoriented <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because when you go to your grocery store frequently yeah. your footpath is already mapped out and you don't even think about it your feet just yeah. take you right to the area and then all of a sudden yep. you feel lost because you're like oh yeah. wait where they did move stuff yeah yeah i know yeah i know they did some big changes a couple years ago in myers i heard about it from from my husband for weeks he was so upset that they moved this one section of the <laughs> grocery store. So you said disorienting. Usually I have people say it makes them mad. <laughs> <laughs> For the same reason is you're not as efficient in your shopping because your roadmap has been now disoriented and changed and you're struggling with finding things. Or if you're out of town, what you'll see when you move out to Colorado and you've got to find a new grocery store and it's one you've never been in and you got to learn, okay, where do they put things? And don't you love it when there's something unusual that you have no idea where and they put it in some strange place that you weren't expecting it. So yeah, learning where things are at is why we should care about category labels. So think about how the big box stores decide where to put things and have those conversations with yourself 
or with people that you're mentoring or children that you're raising or mentoring is have those conversations. Why do we organize things in the way that we do? Why do we organize things in the way that we do? That's mm-hmm. a really great question. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. Yeah. So does this make sense? Why I think this is such a fabulous yeah. building block for our Absolutely. brain. Absolutely. Yeah. Someone said once that um, we try to, our brain wants to categorize everything. And that's why we get confused about people, about lifestyles, about belief systems, about stereotypes, because we want to put people in categories. And so you're teaching us an easy way to understand and accept Mm -hmm. different types of things people concepts and put them in categories Mm -hmm. so your brain Mm -hmm. is less frightened by them or upset about them and what you just brought up is a beautiful example of using our prefrontal cortex to question why did i put that person in this category Mm -hmm. was that the right did i really put them in the right category and is there a category i should even be putting this person in right so we the the frontal cortex is very involved with all of the skills for example this one forming categories is the last one that Reuven put in elaboration. Now they're not ranked in any particular order. They're all equally important, but this is one I think is fabulously important. And it is frontal lobe work, being able to see the relationships between things so that I can put them in the right category and asking good questions. Have I stereotyped? Have I put someone in a category that, now wait a minute, why did I just do that? Because I've caught myself when I've done that at times. So I went, wait a minute, Jeannie. And Feuerstein does help you think critically. So you catch yourself when you are doing doing that. So it works both ways. That's awesome. That's fantastic. It is. It is. Well, thank you, my friend, for episode number 27. And thank you, all of our friends around the world that are listening to the Build a Brain podcast. We will see you on the next one, number 28. It'll be the last one for the cognitive functions. Thanks for listening to the Build a Brain podcast. If you're wanting to know more information on how to build a brain, please visit the website for the MindCap Center in Fort Wayne, Indiana at www.mind-cap.org. That's www.mind-cap.org. Children and adults from across the United States and Canada have found the cognitive help they needed at the MindCap Center. The specialized team is trained in all levels of the Feuerstein program and can literally help you or your child build a better brain. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.